1: you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey,
2: what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. And on today's edition of the show, it is a Friday. That's always a good thing. Um who, we, doesn't, who doesn't love a Friday? Oh, exactly. We're gonna be out a little early, five fifty. Uh we'll be transferring over to KU baseball. They got a three game set this weekend against Oklahoma State. We'll carry all the action here on KLWN. But it's gonna especially be a fun show because we got a KU mailbag, so that's yep. always fun. Right. Yep. We're gonna do that around three forty. We are gonna be releasing the bracket for RCST trivia. Gave a little teaser yesterday. Uh-huh. With have the, the top, top four, four seed, seed release. Little teaser. But today, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. There's there's something about a blank bracket. You know, when you have <laughs> all the teams that are listed in there, all the possibilities of the world, all the possibilities. Um, I wish we could, I wish there was a way that we could like mainline this to do like a, a bracket pick that people could do like a bracket. But then again, mm. if yeah. we did that and we did it for prizes, then couldn't somebody who was in the event tank it? In some way to help themselves win prize, I don't know. Uh, maybe we, we said there was a bunch of NFL could, players today could do, that got in trouble for do, gambling.
3: We could do Twitter polls for each matchup. <laughs> That's true. See who we
2: think people see, see uh, who, the, see who have to read on.
3: the fans think is going to win.
2: But yeah, I mean, if if you just want to, if you want, how about this? If you want to fill out your own bracket, okay, and you send us in a picture of it on social media, and. I don't know, because we, we only have a limited number of T-shirts. I'm tempted yeah. to just say if you do that, we'll just give you a trivia T-shirt. Okay. Um, but there is a limit to it. So maybe like the first five people that do that. <laughs> or maybe if you get like the the, the champion, cra- I don't know. We'll figure it out. Just do it anyway.
3: You pick the phenomenal four, and if you get the
2: phenomenal four right, you get something. <laughs> if you get all four right. We will give or you a you gift get, card and a T-shirt. I don't know. I'm actually fine with that. Yeah, okay, I'm fine with that. If you... <laughs> No, you know what? I'll I'll do it like this. If you send in a picture of your bracket on social media, at rcst1320, among all the people who send in a picture of it, whoever gets the most points, I'll calculate it, gets a t-shirt, and we will give a gift card to. Okay. So it gets you involved even if you're not a part of it. Boom. There you go. Okay. So I like that. So we'll reveal the whole bracket at 407 because we have a little... NCAA, what's going on? Update coming up at four 4.05. Uh, so at 4 or seven, we will do the entire bracket reveal. We also have a video version of the bracket reveal uh, that we're going to post to a YouTube page that we just created. Um, so you'll be able to check that out, and we'll, we'll tweet a link out to that uh, later in the day. So uh, all that stuff coming. We got some Football Friday audio, and we have a Florida Man Mad Libs. Great Friday. Great Friday. So that's coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, off the top, though, Hunter Dickinson visiting. He's made it. He, I, I think so. We, we, we're pretty sure. <laughs> La, the, the talk was he was supposed to get here last night, but it sounds like his plane like got delayed or something. So yeah. I don't know if he got in like late at night or, or what the deal was. But I think he's in town. We, we think he's here. We think so. Um, it, it's interesting as we talked about yesterday that he'll be going to Kentucky afterwards. How about this though? In in regards to the Hunter Dickinson thing, I don't even okay. know if we should be talking about this because this is very much like the ultimate like rumor. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, this is going to be a little uh, a little episode right off the top of reckless speculation. Uh, so this is according to Chris Ballas, who I don't even know who Chris Ballas is to be completely <laughs> honest. Um, nonetheless, this has been uh, circulating on on social media and stuff for a lot of different people, and it's uh, been going around. Um again, don't take it for fact, but he is the senior editor at thewolverine.com, which is like a very popular Michigan blog. He said Kansas rumored to have offered 2-year, 4 million dollar NIL deal to Hunter Dickinson. So I'll say this, first of all, that's a lot. Uh of course there would be no money that would be offered, you know, they no school would ever do that. They'd, that you know, uh no need to implicate anybody that there would be nil offerings uh before the player signed there like a miami or something that would never happen no is Um, that even legal i don't think so by nature of the rule but that's why this is just a rumor and it wouldn't actually be confirmed you know what i mean like the ncaa can get mad about it but if it's not like substantiated then okay well what are we doing here so it doesn't really matter and uh kick rocks ncaa anyway so it doesn't matter (laughs) Let's just like, – again, this is not – I'm not, like, taking this for what it's worth. I'm not necessarily believing it or anything like that. Would it surprise yeah. me if this was the actual deal? No, it would not. But I think what would be most interesting here – I don't really care about the sum side of it. Like, if that's what his worth is and teams are offering them that, then great. Like, what am I going to say about that? Oh, can you believe he's getting $4 million instead of $3 million or $2 million or $6 million? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the, the value is. Yeah. But the two years part of that is, without a doubt, the most interesting part of this. He's played three years of college. But his first year was the COVID year, uh, 2020 to 21. So technically, he has two more years left of college. And for a guy who is kind of a plodding big man, who's a really, really good college player, those guys aren't seen. I mean, if uh, if this was 15, I mean, 20 years ago. Unless you're Joel Embiid, you're not. Right. But he's also mobile. He can shoot threes. Like He's just special. Yeah. Hunter Dickinson, if, if this was 15, 20 years ago, he would have been a first-round pick he would have been gone by now. Yes. He would have been probably first-round pick after his freshman year, right? Yes. 20 years ago. Um, That's not the case anymore to where if he ever goes to the NBA draft or when he does, I guess would be the better way of putting it, he'll maybe be a second-round pick, maybe be undrafted. And that doesn't mean he can't have a chance to stick in the NBA. There's just... In the NBA, it's not just that centers... They're going more toward mobile guys. It's also that they're starting to value centers, unless, like you said, you're a Joel Embiid, somebody like, or like that, a Nicole Jokic, yeah, somebody like that, where you're like that level of player. They're they're starting to value the average level centers, similar to that how the NFL is valuing running backs, where it's like, eh, we don't need to take in the lottery. We can get a an average center. Yeah, you can get a six eleven seven right. Foot. Yeah, any time. Exactly. Thanks. It's like, oh, Which how sounds, often it sounds silly to say it that way, but it's like No, it's like how often do you see JaVale McGee who's been like a, you know, solid backup or, or like guy like that just sign on a one year, like two million dollar deal with the team. You know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. it's become like the running back position in that way. So to that notion, the two year part would become interesting because it would be a guy who is understanding that, hey, you know, if I go to the NBA, I might be on a two way contract. And at most with a two way contract, I think you make around seven hundred thousand dollars, which that's a lot of money to like me or you or to a lot of people listening to this. Yeah. But if you're in comparing seven hundred thousand dollars to two million dollars, you're like, Oh, of course I would take the extra year and get the two million dollars. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Now I will say with the NIL thing, it kind of feels like people are just tossing out totally unsubstantiated numbers left and right. I mean, I don't think there's any read on any NIL situation really. For the most part, it just to me to me it just feels like people are just saying, oh, one million, one and a half million, two million, whatever." Like I don't think to me it doesn't feel like there's any real substantiated, like firm numbers of any of that stuff. It yeah. just it just seems like people are just tossing out whatever. they Oh, think. for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, if if we're to look at where, because okay, again, this is all a rumor, and I'm not taking it as fact. I I don't necessarily believe this or anything. But if if we're to look at why would this come out, it's coming from a Michigan blog. Could that be? You know, basically a way to raise the price, right? Like, could this be coming from Hunter Dickinson's camp to basically try to get these schools to bid higher than that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what I, that's what it feels like with the Kentucky visit too.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, why would you why would you announce a visit to a premier rival blue blood school right before you're about to visit another blue blood school? What would be the reason behind that? Other than just drive yeah. up
2: intrigue, drive up
3: interest, whatever.
2: Yeah. no, it's. I mean, it's a smart play and everything. I, I think, though, if the idea, and, and I'm sure, because this would, you, you can't give like a contract. It's college. So it yeah. would be one of those things where it would be like, if you're here two years, you get that other money. Yes. But we know you could leave after the one year. But still, that would show you that there would be potential there. And if you told me right now, Hunter Dickinson would be a two-year player in college basketball. That makes this like, I mean, I I'm trying not to be hyperbolic here. This is already yeah. one of the biggest recruitments that Bill Self has ever been in at Kansas, because of like obviously Andrew Wiggins had the fanfare around it. There have been other players who were higher rated as freshmen and the hoopla on everything with Josh Jackson and Andrew Wiggins and some of these other guys. And I'm not saying the Hunter Dickinson would be the best player Kansas. No, like that's not at all what I'm saying. Just in terms of the recruitment. Name another time where Kansas has been able to go out there and go, yeah, if we bring you in, we think you can, in year one, with our program, be an All-American National Player of the Year candidate. Like, maybe that was the case with Williams. <clears throat> yeah, um, could have been. Obviously, it didn't end up happening, but, like, that doesn't happen. And now, if you are to say that this guy could play two more years with your school, this is the biggest recruitment battle for Bill Self in his tenure, Maybe. Is, is that Could crazy be. to I say? I don't think
3: it's that crazy. I mean, think about the think about the hype and excitement around it, right? I mean, this is like, we're, we're borderline approaching, like, Hunter Dickinson watch, basically. Yeah. Right? Like I'm surprised we haven't gotten, like, the plane watch <laughs> yet, you know, when he was
2: coming in last night.
3: You know? So, I mean, in terms of the hype and the fanfare and the excitement around it, yes. But I also think what's significant about this is, with the, like, Andrew Wiggins and Josh Jackson's the world and players like that, those recruitments were significant, but with this one with Hunter Dickinson, it feels like it's like if you get Hunter Dickinson, you're a top two team. If you don't, you're like a top ten team, yeah. maybe, right? So there's like, which jump. doesn't doesn't sound like a big drop-off, but at a school like Kansas, that is a big drop-off, right? Like, that's, that's a significant drop. So, just in terms of how KU's roster is constructed right now, and what Hunter Dickinson adds if they get him versus what happens if they don't get him, that, I think, is really what adds even more to the significance of this, right? Because if you look at Bringing in a, like a Josh Jackson, like that team probably would have been pretty good, even if they ended up not getting Josh Jackson, right? Like mm-hmm. they would not obviously, maybe wouldn't have been as good, but they would have still been. They had good players. You look at Andrew they Wiggins, Frank Mason, Devontae. Graham. Andrew Wiggins, his team, that team had Joel Embiid. Now, obviously, he ended up getting hurt, but like they were, they were probably going to end up still being, you know what I mean? Like I feel like this, I feel like with this one, it's like the potential drop off that you could have if you don't get him could
2: be fairly significant. Is that crazy to say? No, no, not at all. I, I think that's an interesting question. Um, and that adds to the hoopla of the importance of you know yeah, That's what I think. There's not another player like him available right now. I I guess you could say the closest thing, I don't know, like maybe maybe the Mackenzie and Baco kid just in terms of potential of what he could be, but like
3: That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like if KU doesn't get didn't get Andrew Wiggins, but they got the number two recruit. Right. It would have been people probably would have been like, okay, fine. I don't know sure. what that is
2: for this situation. Exactly.
3: That's what I'm saying. Like so, if yeah. you don't get Hunter Dickinson.
2: He's What's like backup.
3: He's like the unicorn.
2: That's yeah. it. There's there's nobody else. I mean, when you look at the other centers, Graham E.K., who was probably I don't know, pretty consensusly the number two center available. He committed to Gonzaga today, um, and I'm not sure how much Kansas was pushing. Jesse in. Like Edwards they, already committed. Yeah, Jesse Edwards. Like they already seem to kind of. But be even but but even those guys are like a clear step below right. Hunter Dickinson for sure. Right? Like it's not like they it's not like they were like equal. Yeah. So I mean, if if KU does not land Hunter Dickinson. It, it almost becomes – I mean, it doesn't become scramble mode. Like, they'll still get other good players. Yeah, I don't think it's like – there's nothing you can do to replicate this. Yes. I don't
3: think it's like panic, but it's definitely like, damn. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I think mean, that's the best way of putting it. <laughs> like, crap. <laughs> you know? um, Which is why there is this crazy chase for him. And, yeah. Like, yeah, if you don't get him, hypothetically, if you have all this NIL money you were going to use on him – you should be able to spread that around to get some other good players at other positions, and maybe you load up on... I, I think, to me, what would happen if they don't land Hunter Dickinson, I don't even know if they would go for another center. Yeah, that goes back to our question. We, yeah. the, the debate we've had about it is, like, if you don't get Dickinson, do
3: you even bother getting another center, or at that point, do you just load up on, like, wings?
2: Yeah, I think you get, like, a, you know, you get your Harrison Ingram of the world. You get maybe another wing. Maybe another combo guard who can score it a little bit for you, and you roll with what you have at the center position at this point. Like, it would have been one thing if, yeah, Jesse Edwards was still available. I mean, here's, here's the way I look at it with KJ Adams at the
3: five, you got a one seed. Okay. So, if you don't get Dickinson and you have to do that again or with like the combination of Adams and Uday, whatever, but now you might have, but now if you bring in a couple more scoring wings, you bring in Nick Timberlake. You have another. You have Dewan Harris is another experienced guy. Like the the ceiling for your team is still probably national title at that point. Mm-hmm. It's just not as like demonstrative, or you wouldn't feel as good about it. Basically.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think you would. Ju- if you go from. I mean, you got a one seed playing KJ at the five all season. Mm-hmm. If you have Hunter Dickinson, the offense revolves around him. Um, you become more of a like yes. a skilled That's team. The other thing. Like you're. Your entire mindset totally changes versus mm-hmm. having him or not having him. Yeah, uh, the the plays, the actions you're running are totally different. Literally everything. Versus if you don't have him, I think what you're steering into more is athleticism. Right. If you if you don't have Hunter Hunter Dickinson, you're going, hey, we have an athletic five man. Um, we've got you know athletic guards with Marco Jackson and you know I don't know athletic guys up and down the wing. Like I, I think those are the two paths you're kind of on here. And I am worried that, yeah, if you don't land Hunter Dickinson, there's not that clear fallback option. Like, it very much is kind of a a boomer bust type of thing here. Um, To where, again, you still will be fine. You'll still be good players, but there's there's, there's no one close
3: to it. Are you prepared for the level of panic that is going to happen if
2: KU does not get him? (laughs) Um, No, I don't think so. I mean, we're so used to we we talked about Spring Bill earlier. We're so used yeah. to just him winning all these different races, right? It, yeah. Well, I mean, even look at Timberlake. Like that yeah. was not one
3: that I think Kansas was the quote unquote favorite to get him.
2: So I don't know. Well, it certainly won't be for a lack of trying um Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've they've invested so right. much into this,
3: which I think would probably add to the disappointment if you don't get him.
2: Yeah. Right? I mean,
3: What's, when's the last recruit? I mean, I guess going back to, like, you know, the Wiggins or Josh Jacksons of the world, when's the last recruit that we've seen KU devote this much time and energy to? Truly.
2: This is a good question. And I think that, like, if, if he doesn't pick you, because, okay, you look at, like, everything across the board. NIL money. KU is going to be just as good, if not better, than any school. Should be, yes. Opportunity. Uh, is the offense going to be built around you are you going to have a lot of shots inside? Yes. Uh, as much or if not more with KU. Um, are you in a situation where you have an opportunity to win a national title? Check mark. Yes. Are you with a really good head coach? Check mark. Best yes. in college basketball. Are you with a coach that has shown an ability to get big men to the NBA? Check mark. Right. Yes. Think back, Thomas Robinson, yeah, I, I Morris think, twins, Charlie. I do think that if Dickinson doesn't go to Kansas, it
3: won't be because of anything Kansas did or right. didn't do. And that's like what, it's just going to come down to he, you know, ends up wanting to go somewhere else. Yeah. It's not going to be like. Well, Kansas got beat out in facilities. Kansas got beat out in what you know everything you listed. Right, that's not going to be the reason why he doesn't. That's mm-hmm. not going to be the reason why. Yeah, which I think is which I think why for fans that can be so frustrating. When it's, it's like yes. oh well, we got the best facilities, we got Allen Fielders. we got both. So why wouldn't you want to just come play for Kansas? It's 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 hard for fans to wrap around their map their minds around the fact that you know. Maybe the kid just wanted to go play with his old AAU buddies or sure. play with his you know, with the yeah. coach he's familiar with or play closer to home. You know what you don't know I mean, you know, you don't know exactly what he's valuing the highest
2: in right. terms of what he wants to do. Exactly. Like maybe he just feels a little bit more comfortable one place or another. So, like you said, it can be frustrating for fans. It can also be a little bit more of like if KU doesn't land him, I don't think you really blame anyone. It's just a weird no, thing yeah, that happens, just, but it would be very unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, there's nothing you can do about it. You just shrug I'm your shoulder it. and go, well. It would just be like, literally their response would be, damn. Yep. <laughs> Back to that. Uh, he is Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to get to our KU Mailbag in less than 20 minutes from right now. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. We got a KU Mailbag coming up in less than 15 minutes from right now. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer I'm Derek Johnson KU football has a new commit that would be one Carson Brune he is a 6 foot 6 230 pound tight end from Sioux Center Iowa in the class of 2024 and he picked Kansas among his finalist list of Minnesota and Kansas State yeah the big takeaway here is one
3: beating out power 5 schools that that's big for Kansas certainly, and two, six six getting some good size at the tight end position right, and it's it's become clear that Andy Kozlunicky's offense does rely on utilizing tight ends as like, and like you know we see Jared Casey's like the H back a lot so a lot of versatility with tight ends, and I guess now between Kansas and the Chiefs we're just gonna have eight million tight ends, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what else to take about that.
2: That's a good thing, um. He is the 39th rated tight end overall for the class of 2024, 11th ranked in the state. According to 24-7 Sports, he's ranked 898th nationally in the 24-7 composite, where he is the 37th best tight end. And uh, he plays at a school that doesn't pass a ton. I think he only had like, it was, I don't know, like 10, 15 catches last season as a junior, but they run the ball a ton. Uh, He's obviously got the size for it, 6'6", 230. He's a good athlete. He plays other sports, so you expect him to project into being an even better player. And, yeah, I mean, what you talked about with the tight end group, um, it feels like they're just going to, you know, it's it's almost like with the quarterback position, it feels like you just bring in one every year, and then you just deal with the guys transferring and stuff like that. I I wonder if that's what they're going to do with tight end. Because of their usage of it, because Andy Koto, familiar there, he's the tight end position group coach and stuff. And you think to you know the tight end group that KU has right now, it's really good. Uh, this will be the last year of Mason Fairchild, and then you have uh, Trevor Cardell for a few more years. Jared you can have a couple years got, for Jared what, Casey, two years, think left? two years, yeah. Um, and then you have, I don't know, Will Huggins might have like two years left. Vita Noah might have a year or two left. Uh, Jaden Ham comes into the program, local in-state kid, who's really good from over at Eudora. Yeah. Basically, this allows you to just keep having a super deep tight end uh, situation. And and that you'll always have, like, if you keep bringing in one every cycle who you feel good about, you're always having the next guy up, which is yeah. a good thing. And I thought I thought Michael
3: Swain made a really, really great point uh, yesterday during our interview, which if you missed it, you can listen on the Best of RCSD podcast. I thought he made a great point when talking about KU football's recruiting, in that in in the past at this time, Kansas has been—I don't think scrambling is the right term—but they have been trying to fill out their scholarships. Right, they've been trying to find more guys to fill out their scholarships for this upcoming season. And now this this season coming in, it's the opposite. They have—they're looking to get rid of. They're trying to get make sure they're at the number. They have too many guys right now. But what that allows them to do is that allows them the luxury to go out and start thinking about the future, right? And I've, I've really been thinking about this. When it comes to KU football, I mean, there's so many different reasons why you could can look at their futility and the reasons why they struggled. But when I started to really think about it and really narrow down some of the issues, it's kind of come down to staffs year after year, whether it was David Beatty, Charlie Weiss, Les Miles, whatever. They had to focus so much on trying to set their rosters for the upcoming fall, that they never had maybe necessarily the time or energy or resources to think long-term, to think beyond, like, the next year, right? Like, hey, we we got to get whatever amount of guys for this se- upcoming season. Forget about the next season after that. We got to focus right now on this season. Mm-hmm. It feels like now with the, the foundations that have been established for KU over the past couple of years with Lance Leipold now, they now have that luxury of, hey, listen, we're pretty much set going into this fall. Like we know what we're dealing with. We have our roster pretty much set and in fact we need to get rid of some guys to make sure we're at the scholarship limit. Now we can go out and this is what Michael Swain talked about yesterday. We can go out in the summer and really really push hard on the high school recruiting class that's going to be for the following season, right? And this I think might be the start of that. This might might be the start of that of okay, now we can go out this summer and we don't need to be nervous or anxious about what we're bringing in in the fall. You know, we're pretty much, we we under, we know what we have, and now we can go out and say, hey, let's go and push hard for the next season's high school class and really start focusing on that and hitting the ground running there uh, to, for, for the future. And I just, the more I thought about it, the more I think, you know, I don't feel like many coaches in the past for KU, since the Orange Bowl, had that luxury or had that time and energy to, to be able to do that because they, in some cases, I think they were so focused on Hey, we got to figure out what we're doing for this upcoming season. Like forget about the next season. We got to figure out what's happening this season. Now it feels like with Lance with what's been established over the past couple of years, they they know what they're coming into with the fall and they can say, "Okay, now let's go out and attack the recruiting trail for this next upcoming high school class," which is something that I don't think previous years Kansas has had the ability to really devote as much time and energy to that.
2: It's already got off to a good start, too. Uh, yeah. Brun yeah. is now the fourth commit for the class of 2024. And, and
3: Michael Swain alluded to it. He said, you know, hey, June is probably going to be the, the, a big recruiting month for KU football in the high school. And yeah. so I think this is just the start of it, like you just said.
2: Red Martell is a running back. He's top 650 nationally. Isaiah Marshall is uh, on on the composite, he's top 800 nationally. I think Woodside has him as a four-star. Andre Gibson, the corner, he's top 850 nationally. Now Bruin's top 900 nationally. I talk all the time how it's usually a big deal when KU gets two, three, four top 1,000 recruits in a class. They have four commits for 2024. All of them are top 1,000 commits on the 24-7 sports composite.
3: Yeah, so the big takeaways for me is you beat out other Power 5 schools, which is something that you probably have struggled to do with in the past. And just the fact that you can really focus on this now because you feel really set with what you've got coming in the fall. Mm -hmm.
2: He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we've got our KU Mailbag. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, klwn klwn.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Coming up at 4.07, we are going to be revealing our RCST trivia tournament bracket, all 64 entrants. You're going to be seated. You're going to be put into the bracket. We're going to let you know who you're matching up with, what region you're in, all that sort of stuff. We have uh, some awesome sponsors for the event and, uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to some of the prizes that we're going to be giving away. So we're, we're going to be brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, Riverette Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. And uh, we're looking forward to, you know the event just as a whole that'll start next monday so stick around for the bracket reveal at 4:07. you can check out the video version on our youtube feed uh, a little bit after four is when that will uh post up on there but it is uh time for part two of our ku mailbag we did part one earlier this week had a bunch of questions logged up from last week because we yep. never got around to it with the show not happening friday so figured we'd do two mailbags this week no issue there we love the segment uh so first up in the ku mailbag part two for this week from jeff I'd like to hear a deep dive into how KJ will transition to the four position. His shooting range is very limited. His handle from the perimeter isn't great. Two bigs that can't stretch the floor is concerning. Why is everyone so okay with just plugging him into the four? Okay, so the KJ situation is interesting. First of all, he was a four to begin with.
3: (laughs) He's not transitioning to the four. He's going back to the position he was supposed to be playing the whole time. He wasn't supposed to be playing the five ever. Okay, that's number one. Sorry, I had to get that out. Number two, KJ is very interesting because he, by all accounts, is going to be a lock as a starter just because of the fact that what he's done for Kansas and he's maybe one of the hardest working guys on the team, it sounds like. and But he is interesting because there is a possibility that he just might not be a good fit for the team next year depending on how they're constructed. Now, I think if you get Hunter Dickinson, you're probably going to be fine. KJ will probably be able to play the four at that point, and it should be pretty fun. But if you don't get Hunter Dickinson, there could be a world where, you know, where what's his what's his role like? But I will say this. If there's a couple things we know about KJ, number one, as I said, probably maybe the hardest worker on the team. And he wasn't even supposed to play the five this year, and look what happened. He went out and won Big 12 Most Improved Player. Okay? Going back to a position that he was supposed to be playing already. So while I understand there is some concern regarding KJ's role... There are two things that I will say to basically curb your concern for the time being. Number one, KJ has shown incredible and remarkable versatility, attitude and work ethic through his entire time at Kansas. I have no I've, I've been given no reason to believe that KJ would not be able to adapt and perform at a high level of whatever he's asked to do. Why? Because that's all that he's done over the past 2 years he's been at Kansas. I mean, think about the situation that he's been put in over the past two years. He's got to play a whole new position, go to the five. And he won Big 12 Most Improved Player of the Year. I mean, I don't know what else, what more you could ask from the guy. So, regardless of whatever he's going to be asked to do next season, I'm confident that he, while there may be some growing pains, which there was for him earlier in the season when he played the five, there were growing pains, certainly. I'm confident that he'll be able to to work that out and be successful because he that's what he's done. He's given he's shown no reason to believe for me to believe any any other reason
2: why that why that wouldn't be the case. So I think that's that's for sure the biggest part of this that you're talking about. I, again, yeah, he was he was Big 12's most improved player at a position he didn't even play. Right. So why are you to think that he's just a complete product now? He soared so much from from year one to year two at Kansas. He should get better in year three. I think that'd be silly not to expect him to get better. Um, well, I think it's just silly to to
3: not expect him to be able to do whatever he's asked to do. Because sure. Because that's all he's done in his career.
2: Yeah, I do think the shooting is a valid point And I think, obviously, if you add Hunter Dickinson, it alleviates this a little bit because Dickinson can shoot threes a little more regularly. And that makes it a little bit better of a fit. Um, I will say we did see the progression of KJ and being able to at least shoot like mid-range last year. Um, he It wasn't like super consistent, but he ended up in in shots that were listed as short to 17 feet, but jumpers. So this doesn't count like okay. runners. So it like doesn't layups. count. Yeah, it doesn't count runners. It doesn't count layups. doesn't count dunks. It has to be an actual jump shot, short to 17 feet. He was in the 92nd percentile in the country. Now, it's only 13 attempts, so it's not a lot of them. <laughs> he was also 0 for 2 on jumpers, 17 to 3-point range, 0 for 2. Or, or I'm sorry, I think he was 0 for 4 on 3-point shots. Um, so, I mean, It's not a high volume, but the point is we saw him start to expand it a little bit. I bet you he gets better with that over the offseason. If he can at least hit the mid-range consistently, it's not stretching the floor quite to three, but at least you can stretch the floor a little bit there and work him a little bit. Um, I think you can make it work. Let's not forget, he was brought in, and the idea was he would be kind of a Mark Vital. I think he's already shown that he is much better than Mark Vital ever was, but... um, if you remember those Baylor teams were playing Mark Vital as the four with a non-shooting five man, and they made it work. It Could be a little different because Baylor had a like lottery pick in Davion Mitchell, another first round pick or whatever Jared Butler ended up going, who was like a Big 12 player of the year candidate, and another really good guard in Macy O'Teague. Kansas is not going to have three guards who can grade off the dribble and just hit a bunch of shots and play good defense like that team would to make it fit. But I, I do think sometimes we get um, we've gotten a little bit lost in the idea that okay don't get me wrong spacing and pacing and and three-point shooting they do they matter so much they matter so so much in today's game i do think a little bit because of that villanova in 2018 team we have maybe over gone into thinking how much like for instance yukon last year or, or this past year i should say they played two traditional centers and yeah sunogo could stretch it a little bit from three but he was taking like one or two threes per game Andre Jackson was like their wing Who was terrible at shooting threes (laughs) And they were playing him at like a three or four role They figured it out They found ways to make it work I think that when you have smart people Bill Self, KJ Adams With people who work hard Bill Self, KJ Adams They will make this work It's not the most ideal fit It's going to take some finagling And I'm not saying it's a perfect fit I'm not saying it's totally ideal It's not You would like to have somebody who can shoot Maybe he'll add that to his game Because he will get better But I think they'll figure it out What's been Bill Self's motto, basically, in recent
3: history? Give me the five best players, and I'll make them work on the court.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Nothing else matters. And that and KJ will firmly be one of the five best players for Kansas. I do also think um, I don't know if you remember this very well, but I remember Marcus Garrett. Um, you know, at some point, like teams would just sag off him, and at some points he would just. Say, if you're going to give me that space, I'm just going to drive. And I'm going to take advantage of that space. And, you know, allow for like a running start to the rim, basically. like yeah. yeah. That happens sometimes like Devon Dotson. I think that is the one thing going KJ's way. He's a pretty good driver. You know, he can he can take a straight line drive, head to the rim, and, and make it. So if you're yeah. going to sag off him, they can almost stretch the floor at the other spots and just have him do that. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Um also, I should probably mention this. I'm on synergy right now. Did you know he ranked in the 90th percentile last year defensively? KJ. So, I mean, some would say he's pretty good on the defensive end of the, the ball.
3: Bill Self gave the quote about how he thought KJ was one of the better, one of the best blockout men they had, but yeah. because he's smaller, he never got all the rebounds.
2: And I think that's part of it too, with him being a four. I think yes, the biggest question is the shooting. I, I think one thing that's being lost a little bit here is, you know, KJ not having to be that main rebounder as the five means that you could be a good, because you at times struggled defensive rebounding last year, you could be a good defensive rebounding It wasn't because of KJ. No, no, it wasn't, but they needed other guys in there, and with a real center in there, maybe you can get more of those defensive rebounds, but now, you're going to have KJ in more of that kind of like, I don't know, off-centered role where he can get maybe more offensive rebounds, like, maybe that's one way of countering not having as much shooting. You're just a, a really good rebounding team. Yeah, so there's absolutely. ways you can go about it, right? Absolutely could be. Um, okay, this one from Frank. With the NBA playoffs in full swing, lay out how a seven-game series for the Big 12 championship in 2022-23 would have looked. First two in Kansas City, three in Dallas-Fort Worth, and two back in Kansas City.
3: So is he saying, like, if KU and Texas played a seven-game series? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Well, here is my question. But I have a question for the mailbag question. <laughs> okay. okay? And I'm, so I, this is a... Generally, this is against the rules, but I'm going to answer a question with a question. Here is my question Would Bill Self ever lose a seven game series?
2: Ever? (laughs) I'm I'm being dead serious. What do you lose a seven game series? Are you sure? Dude, okay, think back. Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, are you sure? Yes. Like, think back to 2012. That team with Anthony Davis and stuff, there's only so much Bill Self could have done. Okay. Besides Anthony Davis. Well, Literally one of the greatest college
3: basketball players ever. What besides Anthony Davis would Bill Self lose a seven-game series against any team?
2: I mean, man, yes, I don't think he probably, would. As you go back, dude. I mean, there have been some Kansas teams who have been like three or four seeds. Those teams obviously would have lost to many teams in seven-game series. It's not just are you sure? Cure. Yes, this guy's got seventeen Big Twelve titles. Would he have more national titles and stuff like that? Yeah, of course he would. Of course he would. Like you know, twenty eleven maybe you lose game one to VCU, you're probably winning the next four. And then you're, you're winning four, you know, four to one or four oh against Butler and then you're probably beating that UConn team in either six or seven. So, like, are you going to have more titles out? Yes, but like, <laughs> to act like they would okay. never lose a seven game series, well, I don't but, know. Okay, man. let's extrapolate so much out. A coach can do. They can make the best adjustments in the world if the players aren't as good. Like, if, Let's extrapolate out the uh, NBA playoff thought process here. Let's say
3: college basketball adopts like an NBA playoffs type thing. Mm-hmm. So, the Power 5 conference champs are in the playoffs, and then like the top three highest rated non-Power 5 teams are in the playoffs. So you have eight team playoff. Does Bill Self win those every year?
2: No, not every year. How do you... How? Dude, do you... Okay, literally they lost by 400 points to USC like two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you're saying. Like a lot of the years that they end up getting one seeds and maybe haven't made as deep of a run as possible, like of course those years they do better. That's not a guarantee. I don't know. I mean, you would be talking though having Bill Self in a series where you're repeatedly playing the best, playing the other team. Yes. His ability to adjust. Yes. They do really well.
3: I mean, how many times? I mean, think about this way: how many times has Bill Self been swept
2: in Big Twelve conference play? It's not like two, I think. Uh, it's let's see, Oklahoma State. And I think didn't Texas get him one time? And then Texas did it like two years ago. Um. So here's the thing. I mean, that's Texas, only two games, but Texas beat KU back to back times, finished the season, and neither one was close. Now True. one of them was without Fine. Bill Self. Sure. Yes. Okay. Um, and I guess that's part of it. Are we assuming because at this point in time, the Big Twelve Championship, you didn't have Bill Self. So we have to assume as part of this? No. They didn't no. have Bill Self. I'm, for the sake of this, you would like to include Bill Self. I would Self. like
3: to include Bill Self.
2: Okay, so we're including Bill Self at the seven game series. I think Texas wins. You think Texas wins? They just had a lot more talent. And like at some point. As much as, as many. No, I get it. I mean, it's good if, if, even if you have a great coach, like if the other right.
3: team can just consistently out athlete
2: you, then it's going to be tough. Cause I feel like usually game one is like a feeling out process. Game two is we're going to adjust to what happened. Game three is the adjustment to the adjustment. By the time you hit like game four or game five, it just comes down to execution. Exactly. Because you've adjusted to everything. You know everything that you, you uh, each other is doing. It just comes down okay. to talent and execution. Here's what I think. I don't know. If we,
3: if, if college basketball did bar. this hypothetical NBA playoffs like I just outlined, KU would have like 17 national tables.
2: Um, Let's see. That's my opinion. They'd have a chance to do it in 2007. They would have had a <laughs> chance to probably do it in 2010, 2011. Again, I, I don't think if you're doing a seven-game series for that 2012 Kentucky team, you're kind of screwed. Um, Let's see. 20... Honestly, the, the 20. The the Andrew Wiggins team, if Joel Embiid was healthy, that team would have been very tough to beat if it was a seven-game series because they were up and down, but they could have afforded it in a seven-game series. Like, that team, it was going to be tough for them to go deep in the one-game elimination, which they didn't, but in a seven-game, it might have been okay. Uh, 2016 might have done it. That would have been a hell of a series with them in Villanova, seven games. Um, 2017 would have done it for sure, 2017, I think think they would have, but... Yeah, that it would have been close. Like if they're playing North Carolina or Kentucky at that point, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe twenty eighteen. No, I don't think so. Like there would be games that they their their series would be fun (laughs) because they would be the classic. Like um, we beat somebody by win by forty, lose by forty one game, then lost by forty the next game. They're just like very up and down because the variance of threes. And then twenty nineteen no twenty twenty yes twenty twenty one no and then twenty twenty two yes. Yeah, maybe. Sure, why not? They won the title. Uh, and then this past year's team, maybe. are they winning a seven-game series with UConn? I don't know. It's probably, probably going to seven games. It'll be close. Yeah. It'll be close. Like yeah. Same with if they're playing Houston or Alabama. But again, this is assuming they have Bill Self. Sure, of course. Yeah. yeah. All right, this one from uh, Josh. Who will lead next year's team in scoring?
3: Okay, so the easy cop-out answer here is Hunter Dickinson, if they get him. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, but the question becomes more interesting if you take away Hunter Dickinson. So I want to approach it from this from this standpoint. I'm going to approach it from the angle of who is not going to lead the team in scoring. Okay. Okay. That's how I'm going to look at this. It ain't going to be Duane. Okay. Could it? I if it's Duane, I think he have problems. It's probably not going to be KJ or Ernest or Zuby. Probably not. We're running Timberlake. out of people. Probably not
2: Timberlake. Who are you left El with? El Barco. Like, I don't know how Marcus much he's going to score. You've just eliminated like everyone well, on the roster. I think it would just be whatever other w- scoring wing they get instead of Dickinson. But what if it's Harrison Ingram? He averaged like ten and a half at Stanford. I don't think it's DeWan. I mean, maybe it's Elmar. Okay, here's your here's where I'm going with this. When I was thinking about this, because you're right. If Hunter Dickinson, that's clear runaway answer, easy. <laughs> if it, if, if Hunter listen, Dickinson doesn't because come, because we are men of integrity, we're not just going to cop out and say that. We're yeah, going to go through this. So I think there's a case to be made. Let's say, let's say Hunter Dickinson doesn't come. Let's say with those other two scholarships they have left. I mean, obviously. Also, I think if what do you think going to gonna average like sixteen points per game and eight no, assists per no, game? No, I don't, I don't. But here's here's the scenario where that uh, where DeJuan ends up leading the team in scoring. You add Harrison Ingram, who again ten and a half points per game at Stanford. Okay, and then you add I don't know, pick another player to add. What like Arturo Morris, Jalen Tyson? Uh, sure, yes, uh, Jalen Tyson, all of the above. <laughs> all right, we'll just say Jalen Tyson. Jalen Tyson averaged like eleven a game at Tech. He would be more of like a spot up shooting wing for this team. Okay, so now your starting lineup is I don't know. Uh, I don't even need to do starting lineup. Basically, the players that are playing the most at that point, like, are really going to pick Nicholas Timberlake? No, like, I think he'll have a big role. but yeah, the team in scoring. No. probably not, no. Uh, Marcus Adams is a true freshman? Like, no, no. not expecting that. No, Ernest Marco and Zuby, could. I guess, but I, I don't know, man. That's a lot of faith to put in, in, in a freshman who you don't know about it, the jump shot. I'm
3: not saying it would be good if he did, but.
2: Well, and then Ernest and Zuby, we know they'll get a bunch of lobs and probably shoot efficiently from the floor, but, you know, no. uh, they haven't shown anything from their post game. I think at that point, basically, you're saying Kansas most likely in that scenario where you don't get Dickinson, you get those other wings, is probably going to be one of those weird teams that has like four or five players that average who average like, nine like between nine to 13 yeah. points per game. And nobody gets more than like 13 points per game. And if 13 you is drawn? the number... Could Dewan get to 13? I don't know that Probably. I expect it, but that's not out, out outlandish. Yep. That's not that crazy. Yep. Now, would it be crazy either for KJ to get to 13? I mean, he was at, no. what, during Big 12 play, Dude, like 11 a There was a that game? stretch of games a where game. he was getting like right. 18 points a game. So I don't think that would be crazy either. What if he just becomes this menace of like nobody, he's like a bowling ball. He just drives, <laughs> nobody can stop him, like he's just too strong. <laughs> he's just a tank. And now that he's on other four men, like they're weaker than the centers, and he just drives on them and just ends up with 13, <laughs> 14 a game just driving to the rim. <laughs> I, is KJ the answer? Could be. That's weird. I mean, I, we, we went. I just went through, and there's not a lot of other options. No, there's not. That's a tough one. All right, uh, one last one for this one. We'll save the other one for uh, next week. Kiss, Mary kill. This is from Lyle. Sorry, uh, Harrison Ingram, Jalen Tyson, Matthew
3: Cleveland. Okay, so is this me personally kiss, Mary kill, or like what I think is going to happen with the team? Like mm. what? Like what I think Bill Self is going to do. How do reproach. you personally? Me personally? Yeah, we'll
2: do each personally. All
3: right, I will. I guess i Well, I guess I'm kissing Harrison Ingram. Like okay. I, I feel. I think he'll be solid, but I don't like. I don't know that I want to
2: marry him. So who are you marrying? I'm gonna marry Matthew Cleveland. Okay. I think that was uh, Kevin Flaherty and kill Jalen Tyson. He said the other day yeah. that was like the ideal fit for Ku. I actually because Matthew go the Cleveland other way. is like,
3: I think he's he's a better shooter, obviously than Harrison Ingram. One would but think. I I don't I think Harrison Ingram has the highest floor for KU. Cleveland hypothetically might have the highest ceiling, but I think Ingram has your highest floor, and I'm I'm kind of out on Tyson at this point.
2: Um, so I'm actually gonna I'm gonna marry Harrison Ingram. I like what he can bring in terms of interior score, give you feel for the game, give you another good passer out there. Um, be a solid enough defender playing the four position for you I am going to actually kill Matthew Cleveland mm. I'm worried about the sh- the shooting looks good 35% but it was low volume yeah he was only efficiency, efficiency concerns yeah I mean he was only in the 51st percentile in spot up shooting and the season before he was only in the 8th percentile in spot up shooting Um I have worries about that. Florida State was really bad. They were outside the top two hundred. They were bad. On Ken Paul. That's true. Yes. They were bad. Uh, the defense was not good for Matthew Cleveland on synergy either. So I would actually, I would kiss Jalen Tyson because I trust the shooting more. I trust the defense more for Jalen Tyson yeah. than I do Matthew Cleveland. But uh, do you I think, think Matthew yeah.
3: Cleveland has the highest ceiling potential?
2: Yeah, I could get on board with that. Okay. All right. He is uh, Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. One hour down, two to go. R C S T trivia bracket reveal next. Hello and welcome in to our fourth edition of RCST Trivia. This is our official bracket reveal show. Derek Johnson with Nick Springer. We're going to start competition next week. That'll be Monday, April 24th. Two weeks of first round action, and then it's it's a week kind of firing from there. You can listen to it. We're going to air them during the 4 o'clock hours, Monday through Friday on the show. Obviously, you can also catch it on the Best of RCST podcast uh, later on. Thank you to all our wonderful sponsors. 23rd Street Brewery, Pella Windows and Doors. River Rat Print and Skate, Johnny's Tavern, Mini Jerseys, Home Field Apparel, McDonald's, Jayhawk Trophy, and Sporting KC. And so we have the bracket. We will uh, release this full thing out. Uh, if you're listening to this, you might be hearing it on the Best of RCST podcast or on um, just the actual live show of RCST. We're releasing a video version of this as well where you can see the bracket come out similar as if you were watching it on TV um, so Nick is going to do his best, uh, Seth Davis or, uh, what's it? Is it? <laughs> yeah. No, no, You're Greg Gumble and Clark I'm Clark Kellogg. Clark Kellogg. Impression. Jay Wright and Seth Davis. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Um, so with that being said, let's get into some of the details here. Uh, as you can see on, on the video element of this, uh, prizes, we have gift cards to Johnny's Tavern, 23rd Street Brewery, McDonald's, Mr. D's Auto Wash. We have t-shirts to RCST Trivia. Uh, from River at Print and Skate. We have home field apparel shirts for KU. We have hats from RCST Trivia Hats to Johnny's Tavern Hats. Kansas basketball mini jerseys from mini jerseys. Sporting KC2 tickets. Trophies and engraved tumblers from Jayhawk Trophy. The big screen TV. We might have an overnight stay. I think they're still trying to finalize that at a hotel here in Lawrence. And most importantly, you earn me and Nick's pride and respect.
3: Yes, 100%. Pride and respect, to me, is the most important
2: thing about this whole thing. (laughs) Without all the
3: prizes, (laughs) it's all about the pride and respect.
2: Okay. Uh, Seeding criteria. For those of you who might be wondering, why am I this low of a seed? You're disrespecting me. Uh, One, just prove it in the arena. Just prove it in the actual games. Two, it's based on this. Uh, Your past trivia matchups, wins and losses. It's based on past trivia, correct, incorrect answers, it's also based on entrance date. If you enter before someone else and neither of you have been in it before, or if you enter before someone else and you have around similar records, they might get the nod in front of you. But the last part of this and the most important part of this, because none of these, I'm not saying, you know, one of these is 25% and another is 30%. No, this is an art form. I just take all these into account and I try to make it as lined up as possible. But the most important thing is lining up people in the same regions that can play in the same day and time range, not just your first round matchup but your second and possible third round matchups after that. You know, sometimes it's, it's hard to line everything up that everybody would work out into like a grade eight matchup, but usually we just kind of let that roam for where we need to go. So those are the uh, parts of, of the seeding criteria. Don't be offended if you're a lower seed. It could be because it's your first time in hey, or you let into play. If you're that you're a lower seed, just don't suck and you'll be a better seed next <laughs> year. You know, I, li- I like that. I like that better. Um, okay, that said, let's get into the bracket. We're going to start in the top left region of the bracket. This is the 23rd Street Brewery region of the bracket. And your number one overall seed, the one seed in this region, is Tyler Feist. He is your defending champion. Went 24 0 on picks last season. His 16th seed is going to be Chris Freeman. This is the uh, trivia debut for Chris. So uh, tough going against the one seed. The 8th seed in the region, uh, these 8-9 matchups, always tough. It is Russell Heitman. He uh, 0-2 in trivia matchups, but he's 6-2 and on questions. Just run into a couple tough early round matchups. We'll see if he can get over the hump against Nathaniel uh, and Nathaniel um, Abeta, I believe is the way to pronounce it. He's making his trivia debut as well. Over to the four thirteen matchup. We've got Brian Rainey. Brian's been a uh, consistent in this thing. Four and three record in trivia matchup. Sixteen and four on pick. He has one sizzling sixteen appearance. His thirteen seed is Garrett Hart. Garrett is a uh, LHS alumni, and uh, I know that'll make Matt Llewellyn at twenty third Street Brewery happy, and he'll be penciling him in far in this region. It is Garrett's first appearance. in in trivia, The five matchup, these are the ones that people always like to pick the upsets with. Kyle Coffey, he has three trivia wins all time, 15 and 10 in questions. His 12th seed is Mike Makey. Mike making his trivia debut. Evan Riggs, who we've had in this the past couple years, has flamed out early. Mike, one of his good friends, is trying to get vengeance for him. What do you see on this top half of the bracket that you like? Okay, I feel bad for Russell H because you said he's 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 done really well in trivia, but now he gets stuck with a, pen,
3: a potential one-seed matchup in the second round. Like That's that's brutal for my guy up there, Russell. And then in the bottom half, uh, I, I actually I don't know Mike Mickey, but I know a lot of people that are good friends with him. I think he's a pretty knowledgeable guy.
2: That's an interesting 12-5 matchup. I okay, think. so you're circling that 12 maybe
3: early maybe. on in this thing.
2: Uh, to the bottom half of the 23rd Street Brewery region, the sixth seed is Blake Farrell. He is one-and-one one trivia matchups, but he went five-and-one on questions. He also participated in the football edition trivia, did very well. Very, very knowledgeable there, so he's going to be a tough six seed. His 11 seed is Calder. I don't know if that's the proper way to pronounce it. Calder, Calder, uh, apologies uh, on behalf of myself, for uh, if I get it wrong, but Mallon is the last name there. He is making his trivia debut. The three seed is Andrew Wymore. We've seen Andrew be hit or miss. He's been a, uh, I think, first weekend exit. In two of his three tournaments, but the one that he wasn't a first weekend exit, he made it all the way to the Phenomenal Four. Ran into the buzzsaw of Doug Crumpton-Murray last year. He always knows his stuff. That's a tough three seed there. The 14 is Kristen Martin, the uh, wife of one Kyle Martin. I guess I should say Kyle Martin is the husband of one Kristen Martin, who uh, <laughs> put a scare into Andrew Feiler, I believe, in the first round last year. as was like a 15 seed, so she moves up to the 14 line after answering four correct trivia questions correctly in her first round matchup a year ago. Could she put another Andrew on, uh, I don't know, upset Upset watch? Yeah. Yeah. The seventh seed is Eli Loney Eli, always a loyal listener to the show here on RCST. He had his best two trivia appearances for him. Last year, he did awesome. He went to like the really hard round or something and then lost just to a a really tough matchup. But that earned him a higher seed. And so now he gets a seven seed this year. See what he can do. His 10 seed is Pete Akers, who is making his trivia debut. The two seed in the region is Garrett Nice. He made it all the way to the grade 8 in his trivia debut last year, 12-2 and on questions. And his 15th seed is going to be making their trivia debut. It is Kyle Brooks. What sticks out to you about the bottom half?
3: All right, here's my first very, very bold prediction of the tournament. Blake F., the 6th seed, is going to the sizzling sixteen.
2: Okay, so Blake F., wow, pulling the upsets there. All right, I love it. it. All right, and overall, you can see the region here if you're watching on our video stuff. Um, Do you have an early thought on on who your pick of the grade 8 is?
3: Mm. So, like I said, I like Blake F in the Sweet 16 or in the Sizzling 16. I think the, I think Tyler. I mean, he's uh, he went last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think he's probably feel. I feel pretty good about his path. I feel, like I said, I feel bad for Russell who's who's had some good performances, but another tough matchup uh, on that eight nine line. That's tough for him. So I would like Tyler. I think to get to the Grade Eight here from the top half and from the bottom half. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I could just ride with Blake all the way to the to the Grade Eight here, but. I might
2: have to go with the with the two-seed Garrett. Okay. So um, I think
3: the ones in the twos make it through,
2: but there are some possible upsets yeah, there. Yeah, there. there are. That's the beauty of RCST trivia. Okay, on to the Pella windows and doors region. This is your top right region with our number two overall one seed. That is Eric Hansey. He has finished first, second, and third, not successively, but over the three years of trivia. He is, I think right now you, you would have to say Eric is the goat of RCST trivia. We've had three different winners, Tyler, Isaac, and Eric, but... You know, Tyler has a third-place finish in his other year. Eric has a third and a runner-up. Isaac has another phenomenal four, but maybe not that third top-three finish like Eric has. So he might be the GOAT right now. His Mm. 16th seed, making his trivia debut. Bob Suko. we'll see if he can pull off the upset of all upsets. The eighth seed in the region is one Michael Plank. Michael making his trivia debut for the basketball side. But if you remember, Michael was the winner of our football side of RCST Trivia. Now, he is self-proclaimed that he, he obviously knows his KU football stuff. He won KU yeah. football, but that he says that he is not nearly as knowledgeable about basketball. Did that we'll factor
3: see. into his seeding at all?
2: It, it, yes. Like it him him saying that. Well, also, he hasn't appeared in this before. Okay. So that's a little Multiple bit of both. Factors. Yes, Multiple they did factors. factor in. Um, but we'll see. I mean, you could have a, a potential champion versus champion just in different lights uh, matching up in the second round. But he's got to get by Jonathan Lopp, who is his nine seed. Uh, Jonathan is making his trivia debut. For Quinton, he had a strong. Trivia tournament last year. Quentin Maribel, he gets the four seed this year. It was his debut last year. He went 10 and three on questions, made it to the sizzling 16. We'll see if he can make it back this year. His 13 seed to get through the first round is Mitch Loomis. Mitch making his trivia debut. The five seed is Chris Yurchak. He's been a mainstay in trivia here on the basketball side and on the football end of things. Very knowledgeable guy. He uh, has gone 25 and eight all time on trivia questions, 10 and three last year. Two sizzling 16s in his past. And his 12th seed is a battle of Chris's. Will it be Chris oh. or Christopher? <laughs> Christopher Bulky. He has gone 0 and 2 in his previous trivia matchups, 4 and 4 in questions, but some are wondering if this is going to be the year so, that he puts everything together. Is
3: this like when you get the Tigers versus Tigers
2: matchup? <laughs> yeah. Chris versus Christopher. <laughs> Chris will win. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> I think. Uh, uh, I think if uh, Chris Yurchek wins, Christopher has to go by Chris, and if Christopher wins, Chris Yurchek has to go by Christopher. I think those are the rules there. I to think count to you about the top half? Okay, I know
3: that you just uh, showered
2: a bunch of praise on Eric, but
3: I don't know, man. Michael won in football. That you know, what that Ooh. tells me. What that tells me is that he understands what types of questions are going to be coming, and he knows how to better study for the. Even though this is his first appearance, he knows what types of questions to expect. He can study better.
2: 8-1 upset could be in the cards here in the top half okay, of like the top office I did see Michael on social media said he just wanted to avoid the 7 or 10 line so okay, he did. Well, he's on the eight, I, and then <laughs> not much better in though. the bottom, bottom half, a one in the second round.
3: <laughs> in the bottom oh, half, possibly. I like I like Chris J here. Okay, he said he, he's made a couple runs. He's got the experience. I think he's got a chance to get this season 16 as well.
2: Bottom half of the Pello windows and doors matchup. The sixth seed is Mike Colton. He's been a mainstay in trivia. Been in all three years. He's gone seven and three on questions. His first ever debut matchup. He did very very well. We'll see if he can get back to that. The 11 seed making his trivia debut. Lane Gillespie. This uh, continues a line of we have a lot of former either RCST interns or workers that are in this event. Nick Schwert, who's the villain of the tournament, he's a two-seed in one of the regions. Um, we have Jared Lenz, who was a former RCST intern. Sam Oliver was a former RCST intern. Lane used to work here. Uh, could that give him any edge? We'll see. He's an 11 seed, so it should be tough. And then the three seed is one Kyle Martin. Kyle has made three sizzling 16s. There's not a lot of people who have made all three sizzling 16s. It's a very short list. He's gone 29-7 on questions. 11-1 last year, but unfortunately the one that he missed was the one that did him in. We'll see if he can make a pass to sizzling 16 this year. But he's got to get by the first round first. And his 14 seed is Spencer Pozek making his trivia debut. The seven seed in the region is Steve Klein. He has gone 6-1 and one on trivia questions. So uh, maybe a dangerous seven seed here in his one trivia appearance last year when he won his first-round matchup. Cole Calloway is the 10 seed. He lost his first-round matchup last year in his debut, but he looked pretty good in doing so, got a couple trivia answers right. Well, He moved up the seed line, I think, from a 12 to a number 10. We'll see what he can do this rendition. And the two seed, the man who uh, was, I don't know, he was the story of the tournament last year, newcomer last year. Nobody knew who he was. Uh, he, he got like an 8 or a 9 seed, and he made it all the way to the grade 8, and he became the favorite in the grade 8 and then got upended in the grade 8, also was part of football. He went 15-1 and one on trivia questions. Great debut for Doug. We'll see what he can do in rendition number 2. The 15 seed in this region is one Brett, and uh, Brett Doze is making his trivia debut. All right, so in the top half, I feel like it's hard to
3: pick against Kyle, man. I mean, three straight sizzling 16s, very impressive. Almost Bill Self-like, really, in his consistency. So I'm looking at Kyle in the top half. In the bottom half, I'm nervous for Doug, and here's mm. why. You have a great run the year before, okay? Now run all high. the pressure's on you. Now you're a much higher seed. Could be issues. I, I think Steve, the seventh seed, may have a chance to to make it through the season 16 here.
2: Okay. All right, on to uh, the, the big view of the entire thing. Who do you like in the grade 8 from the Pella Windows and Doors region?
3: Yeah, I think it's I think I think it's gonna be hard to pick against Eric. Really, I mean, I know I mentioned that Michael might have a chance to upset him, but we'll see. I think whoever comes out of that round two matchup probably going to the grade eight, whether it's Michael or Eric. That's that's what I think in the top half. Uh, and then I like Chris J as well, but I don't know if Chris is gonna make it all the way to the grade eight or not. And then in the bottom half, uh, I'm looking at Kyle again. Three three straight and sixteens. I think he's got a great chance to to advance to to the grade eight. But Kyle, I think, is gonna be looking at this bottom half. And again, if if Steve. Can knock off Doug, I think that really opens, opens up <laughs> the bottom half for, for maybe Steve to ride on that and carry through or,
2: or opens up whoever from the, comes from the top half to for an easier path to the, to the grade eight. Our next region is the Johnny's Tavern region. All sorts of locations for Johnny's Tavern, and this is our bottom right region. Our third overall one seed is Justin Nichols, one-third place last year. He's gone 7-2 and two in matchups, 24-5 and five on trivia questions. His sixteen seed making his trivia debut is Christopher Seidel. The eighth seed in the region is Matt Reuter. Matt um, has been a part of Trivia before. He uh has gone one and two in matchups, nine and five in questions. His nine seed is Jess Coffee. Others know him as Hawkman, but so far he's been unable to take that name into having <laughs> lots of trivia success. He does have one trivia win; he's got nine and three on questions, so like he hasn't been bad. Okay, he just hasn't gotten over the hump. He's hit some some tough matchups. He uh he said that he thought he should be a really low seed, so maybe this is surprising to him that he got up as high mm. as the number nine. The four seed in the region is Aaron Mayer. He's been a mainstay in basketball trivia, football trivia, has done very well in both. He has three all time trivia wins and matchups, sixteen and three on questions, nine and two last year he uh, has one sizzling 16 in his two-year trivia basketball career. His 13 seed though, no pushover, it is Chris Conway, who's gone 6 and 4 all-time in answering trivia questions in two previous renditions of the event. The 5 seed here is Kevin Jacob in the Johnny's region, 12 and 4 all-time on questions. He has a sizzling 16, 9 and 3 last year. That could be a fun little 4-5 matchup if we get it. But uh, you got to get through the 12 seed, Brad Wandell. It's his first edition in basketball. He was a part of football trivia though last year. Okay, going into this tournament, I felt like Justin might be
3: the most vulnerable one seed out of any of them. But I think he got a fairly good, a fairly solid draw here. Just at the nine seed, I I know he's he's got some experience, so maybe he has a chance to to make some noise if he gets through Matt into that round round two matchup. But I think this is a good draw for Justin. I was worried about him, but I think he got a good draw in the bottom half. Chris is the man I'm watching. The 13-4 matchup. I think Chris has a chance to upset Aaron and get through into the second round. And at that point, it could open things up for Kevin if he advances past Brad in, in the first round matchup. But, yeah, I don't know. Justin's uh, – I'm I'm not saying he's going to get upset, but I am. I was
2: nervous. He was the one I was most worried about going into this. Bottom half of that Johnny's Tavern bracket, the sixth seed, is Ben Wilson. Ben Wilson has gone 14 and 7 all time in questions. He has two first round wins, hasn't been able to get over the hump to the sizzling 16, but he's gotten darn close. His 11 seed, this is a tough 11 seed, Keegan Russell. Only one trivia appearance. He went 2 and 1 on questions, lost in the first round, but I know Keegan knows his stuff better than maybe that showing a year ago. So that's going to be a fun little 6-11 matchup. The three seed is Ryan Goodwin, uh, the old friend of Matt Tate. All the pressure is (laughs) on him, and if he loses early, you know that he will hear about it. Five and two, though, all-time in in basketball trivia. Did really well in football trivia last year, too. 23-7 and on questions. He has two sizzling 16s. His 14 seed is Drew Lenhart. Drew is uh, making his third appearance in trivia. He's gone five and three on questions. Three and one last year did very well, but unfortunately lost in the first round, just ran into a tough matchup. The seventh seed is Skylar Johnson, I believe also goes by the nickname Squeak. He uh, was a a fun contestant early on in the the event. So he was year one (laughs) in the event. He made it to the Sizzling 16, I believe by answering three correct questions in two matchups. just ran into some easy matchups, made the sizzling 16, got a high seed in the 2021 event, and he lost on like the first or second question. So he is the ultimate. (laughs) These games end in the first or second question one way or another. The 10 seed he's going up against Ty, I don't know if it's Rowell or or Rowell, but apparently these two are friends growing up. So no okay. love lost in this matchup for so Ty. A little
3: inter-conference uh, matchup in the first round. Yes,
2: yes. Normally the, the committee normally tries to the, avoid yeah, that. normally but, the committee avoids that, but... I don't know what happens, that that. happens. I don't know what to say. Uh, the two seed is Andrew Filer. Andrew is a uh, trivia mainstay. He's made two grade eights. He has a career record of 6-3, and three, including 33-6 and six in trivia questions. His 15 seed is a newcomer to the event... It is Skinnerd Weininger who has one of the best names in the event, <laughs> bar none. But we don't know much about his trivia knowledge. Okay, in the top half,
3: I, I like Keegan, the 11 seed in this in the 11-6 matchup. I think that's an interesting matchup. But I'm really curious about this 3-14 matchup because you mentioned Ryan Goodwin's always got the pressure on him. He's he's one of the almost like a blue blood type program that always has high expectations. But his 14 seed Drew, you talked about it, is an experienced 14 seed, right? So this is not some mid major who may, got lucky and made the tournament in their first season and the, you know by winning their conference tournament. This is a this is a uh, an experienced team at the 14 seed. So I'm I'm watching out for that matchup. I don't think Drew will get the win, but I I I'm keeping an eye on it. Okay, could in be a lot dangerous. Yes, in the bottom half. First of all, Skinner, fantastic name. I don't think he's going to get past Andrew, though. I actually like Andrew pretty much to get through here pretty cleanly, I feel like, out of the bottom half into the sizzle in 16. And depending on what happens with Ryan and Drew in the top half, I think Andrew has a maybe an easy path
2: to get to the to the grade 8 here. On to the entire view of the Johnny's Tavern region. Who do you like in the grade 8? Oh, right, yeah. So in the bottom half, I like Andrew to get to the grade 8. I
3: think he's got a pretty easy path. You talked about how Skyler's a little shaky sometimes, wins some games like 35 to 30, not very much scoring. <laughs> If you can't score in this. He's tournament, the Virginia. He's the Virginia. Exactly. But look at look at what look at what's happened to Virginia. So I'm I, I think Andrew F has a pretty easy path into the grade eight. From the top half, again, I was nervous about Justin and the one seed coming in. I think he got a pretty good draw though, but I think one of the four or five seeds is gonna make it into the grade eight from this part. So either Aaron maybe potentially, but Aaron's got a tough matchup against another experienced thirteen seed with Chris. So maybe Kevin, one of those guys. I, I'm not I don't think Justin's making
2: it to the grade eight, but I like Andrew out of the bottom half. Our last region, the bottom left region. This is our fourth overall one seed, the River Rat Print and Skate region, and it is Ryan Brown made the phenomenal four in his trivia debut last year, seventeen and two on trivia questions. His sixteen seed is Derek Ho. No, this is not me. Uh, <laughs> Derek Ho is making his trivia debut. The eight seed in the region is one Paul uh, Stevens. He went 0-1 last year in his matchup, so that might make you think, okay, well, first round out last year, but he went 4-1 and on questions. Just ran into a really hard matchup that got him a higher seed this year. He got an 8 seed. We'll see if he can take advantage. His 9 seed is Dalton Jasper. He... Uh, is looking for his first trivia win. This will be his third appearance. Four and three on questions all time. Always a toss-up when you get those fun little 8-9 matchups. The four seed is one of our former RCST interns. That is one Sam Oliver. He uh, made an appearance in the initial RCST trivia, made the grade eight. And then he didn't appear in 2021, appeared back again last year, but lost in the first round. Mm. So the ultimate hit or miss there, but 16 and two all time on questions. Feel pretty good about Sam as a dangerous four seed. The 13 seed in the region is Tyler Kring. He's making his trivia debut. The five seed is Samuel Davis, who, uh, uh, for Samuel, he's been a trivia mainstay too. He has two all-time wins, got eleven and three on questions. Seems like he's always running into tough matchups in the the tournament, but he knows his stuff. Went four and one last year in the questions. His twelve seed is uh, Dalton, and Dalton Kane is making his trivia debut. Possible uh, matchup of the uh, the Sams in the second round, though. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I
3: think Samuel D, the five seed, has a really good chance to make the season sixteen here. I don't know that you can really trust Sam Oliver that much. I mean, mm. he's he's very hit or miss, very up and down. And listen, this tournament rewards consistency. So if you're not consistent and you you know, you you know miss out on an easy question or a medium question, you could be done just like that. So I like Samuel D to get to the sizzling 16 from the bottom half. From the top half, I feel like this is a great draw for Ryan. I know he got he's the fourth overall one seed, but I think he got maybe the best draw, honestly. I feel pretty confident that he's going to make it to the sizzling 16 from the top half.
2: The bottom half of the River Rat Britain skate region. The sixth seed is Zach McAllister, or, or McKellops, Excuse me. Sorry. See, I <laughs> I just blew somebody's name. That was like, uh, was it was it Clark Kellogg who called? Like it was like the Kansas State. Jayhawks or something like that. He did <laughs> something like that. Anyway, uh, Zach McKellips, apologies there. He's gone 9-3 and all-time on trivia questions. He's made a sizzling 16 before. That is a dangerous 6-seed. Your 11-seed is G.J. Melia, and G.J. is looking for his first first-round victory, but he's pretty knowledgeable, 7-3 and three on questions all-time. Um, that's going to be a really fun win the 6-11. Our 3-seed is Isaac Henderson. He is our only one-time champion who is not a one seed right now. Isaac is a three seed after falling in the second round last season, but all time, he's gone 58-7 and seven on questions answered <laughs> in RCC good. Trivia. His 14 seed is the brother of one Andrew Wymore. So Andrew gets a three seed. Scott got a 14. Some are wondering, well, why didn't you just match him up? Well, <laughs> we did it this way. Uh, the 14 is Scott Wymore, and he is looking for his first first-round victory. He's got nine and six on questions, but uh, certainly, you know, uh, you base it on the brother too, like that's a pair of brothers that know their stuff. So that won't be an easy one for Isaac to get through in the first round. Drew Jarrett is the seven seed in this region. He is nine and five all time on questions. He has one first round win. Jared Lenz making his trivia debut as a ten seed. It's his debut, so um, that's why he got a lower seed. But he is a former RCST intern. I think Jared knows his stuff. He could uh, certainly be a dark horse in this region. The two seed is Nick Schwert. And Nick was the enemy of last year's bracket. used to run this show, used to run part of RCST Trivia. He, in year one, made the grade eight. And every round, it was like, okay, he's going to lose. He's going (laughs) to lose. But he kept making it through. Enough to get a two-seed here. It sets up a possible, if you get Jared the 10-seed versus Nick the 2-seed, you get the former intern versus the boss. That could be a storyline. Uh, his 15-seed, though, which I'm not sure Nick's going to even get through, we'll wait and see, is <laughs> Justin Waysmooth who is looking for his first trivia victory. Owen 3 all-time. Is is the fourth time the charm for Justin? It might be. It might be. And listen, you know, I understand Nick made the grade eight,
3: but uh, he's definitely the, he's the, vulnerable. the villain of the tournament. Could, could be vulnerable. But honestly, I think the 6-11 matchup, Zach versus DJ, might be the matchup of the entire first round across mm. the entire tournament. I mean, those are two really, really knowledgeable guys. And I think whoever wins that is probably going to go to the Sweet 16, or Sizzling 16. I mean, I like, I like Isaac, and he certainly wow. has the championship pedigree.
2: But mm, I don't know. Okay, an, an early exit last you. year? An early exit last year? I will just warn you. Uh, we had a pundit before by the name of Scott Chasen pick against Isaac in the first ever trivia tournament. Isaac won it all and made a t-shirt that said, Suck it, Scott. So are you prepared to have something suck at Springer, possibly, on a T-shirt? <laughs> I don't
3: know if I am. I don't know if I am. But I, that 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 pod is very interesting. In the bottom half, obviously, you have Schwartz And Jared Lenz is a, also a personal friend of mine. Okay. And I know that he's pretty knowledgeable. But I don't know how well he might stack up against the pressure of the tournament. So we'll have to see making his first appearance.
2: So I think, I, as much as I hate to say it, I feel like Schwartz probably going to get through this with Sizzling 16, right? Wow. Well, I mean, it would certainly set up an interesting matchup. Uh, Schwartz was supposed to play Isaac in the Sizzling 16 last year, but then Isaac got upset in the second round. Could we get that this year? So who do you like in the grade eight in this region? All right, from the top half, again, I think Ryan Brown got a great draw,
3: the one seed here. So I feel like he's going to coast to the Sizzling 16. But I don't know. There's some interesting four or five guys with Sam Oliver and Samuel D. Also uh, from the lower half. So that that's a tough matchup. I think Ryan maybe gets through to the grade eight, though. And then the bottom half, I feel like is, is pretty open, really. I mean, I could see either the six or elevens going through. Obviously, you have Isaac, who's got the championship pedigree, and from the bottom half, you've got Schwartz, you've got uh, Drew and Jared. So, I, the bottom half is tough to read. I think this might be the most. This bottom half might be the most interesting region of any of the regions we have here. Uh, that's the six, eleven, three, fourteen, seven, ten, all that stuff. So, I don't know. We'll see.
2: Okay, we have a uh, overview of the entire tournament bracket here. We will send out this screenshot picture on our social media page. Um, do, do you want to give a Phenomenal 4 pick? Do you want to give a winner mm, pick?
3: Okay, let's see.
2: All right, from the 23rd Street Brewery region,
3: uh, I, I'm going to go with the, the reigning champ, Tyler. I think he's got a good chance. So he'll be in the Phenomenal 4. From the Riverette Print and Skate region, that's the reason. That's the region that I feel is the most wide open. Truly, it's certainly from the bottom half. I think Ryan Brown's going to be in the grade eight, but I feel like anybody maybe from the bottom half could beat him. I'll go with Ryan though. In the pellet windows and doors region, mm, that's, so that's got Eric in it. I don't remember who's the. Uh, oh, here we go.
2: Doug was the two seed.
3: Yeah, Doug, But I think Doug is going to lose. Yeah, you had him losing to Steve. Yeah, I think Doug is going to lose. So I, I think Steve. I don't know that Steve's going to make the the phenomenal four, though. I mean, I don't want to go with just all one seeds here.
2: <laughs> so far, you two for two. <laughs> I
3: know. I feel like a I feel like a loser. Mm. Uh, you know what? I'll pick Steve. I'm okay. going for the upset pick. Steve coming out of the... And what uh, about the Johnny's Tavern doors. reason? Johnny's Tavern. I think Justin ends the most vulnerable one seed. He got a favorable draw, though, but I, I don't think he's going to make it. I think one of Aaron, the four seed, or maybe Kevin, the five seed, could make the grade eight out of that. And I'm going to go with Andrew F.
2: to make the Phenomenal Four out of the uh, Johnny Stavon region. Okay. Well, that is our... RCST Trivia Selection Show. If you're a contestant and be on the lookout, check your email. We have probably by now, the time this released, have sent out the schedule for that first round so you can uh, confirm and make sure everything works. We look forward to it. Thank you again to our sponsors, 23rd Street Brewery, Pella Windows and Doors, Riverette Print and Skate, Johnny's Tavern, Mini Jerseys, Homefield Apparel, Jayhawk Trophy, Sporting KC2, and McDonald's slash Mr. D's Auto Wash in Lawrence. We'll uh, see you for RCST Trivia coming up on Rock Chalk Sports Talk later this
1: week. This is a Rock Chalk Sports Talk News Alerts
0: office say this man sold crack to an undercover police officer all while wearing a shirt that said coke on it.
1: Ever wondered just how crazy headlines can get?
2: And now the Broward Sheriff's Office is looking into this one. So if you recognize the defecating deviant dropping deuces on driveways, give Broward Crime Stoppers a call.
1: Our headline experts have you covered. 42-year-old man was arrested for riding his bicycle on the front lawn of a Naples home and telling a woman inside he was an FBI agent. This is Florida Man Matt Libs with Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, and Sam Speck on Rock Chalk Sports Talk.
2: Fun way to go out on a Friday. That's with Florida Man Mad Libs. And uh, Sam Speck joins us in the KLWN studio. Nick Springer with Derek Johnson. What's going on, man?
0: Not too much. And uh, whether it's on a Wednesday to get us over the hump of the middle of the the week or on a Friday to uh, send us off on the weekend, of course, it's been busy this week. But uh, Florida Man Mad Libs, we're back as uh, Derek's still slimly in the lead. But uh, you guys have tied this last two weeks. Uh, you're kind of flirting with each other in terms mm-hmm. of the points. Nick, you're you're close in aggregate points yes. right now. Eight to seven, so you're close right now. For those at home, first round will only have one redacted word. So uh, it will only be worth one point. That's kind of the tiebreaker. But then in the next three headlines, there will be two redacted words with the uh, potential of three points there. These are legitimate headlines, mostly out of the state of Florida. I've got one different today. Uh, from a different state so stay tuned for that but uh, you are more than encouraged to play at home and gentlemen are we ready for another new week of florida man mad Lives? always ready yes all righty here we go here is again it is the first unredacted word only one unredacted word here in the first headline a florida man is charged with vandalizing a mosque after leaving i or excuse me leaving blank at the door so again, only one mm. redacted word here. So he left something at the door. So a Florida man charged with vandalizing a mosque after leaving either a pile of Hustler ma- magazines, <laughs> a bag of bacon, or a bag of poop at the door. Oh, Yes. So <laughs> one, two, or three. Uh, again, okay. so Hustler so magazines, yeah. a I'm bag not, of bacon, I'm or a bag of
3: poop. I'm not a lawyer, and I don't know the law very well, but like getting charged with vandalism I feel like it's got to be something that's, like, pretty serious. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, I'm immediately drawn to the bag of poop option. That seems like to me that it would qualify as vandalism. Because, like, I mean, the Hustler Magazine's thing, I guess just because it's, you know, it's a religious spot and you're dropping off, you know, some explicit items, basically. True, yeah. And then the bacon, I guess because, oh, okay, yeah.
0: I'm still sticking with see, the bag see, of poop. See, now it's, yeah, now I got you. I'm still sticking it, with a bag of poop. Okay, so, and then that's kind of like the the classic prank, the burning bag of poop or something like that, whatever <laughs> it was, and you have to come out and stomp on it, whatever, but I don't know. So you're you're sticking with that. Are you locking in there, Nick? I'm going to lock it in, Okay, yeah. so Florida Man again charged with vandalizing a mosque, leaving either Hustler Magazines at the door, a bag of bacon, or a bag of poop. Derek, where are you at on this? My
2: number generator says number one. I agree. I think it is number one. I think it's the Hustler Magazines because of this what about like the bag of poop would get him caught like are they really gonna are they gonna like if there's video test there's video but how would that get him caught you know what i mean what do you mean wait so did he get charged with the vandalization because of what he left Mm -hmm. yes so so for leaving that is what he got charged with vandalization i i took it as like he vandalized and then left something there and that's how they caught him
3: no i think it's literally what he left is the reason for the charge
2: Hmm.
0: See, that's why I went to the bag of proof. And again, these are just the headlines. I do have context to the story as well. but I'll where stick you, where with you? the Hustler magazine. All right, so he's just in there. He just sat him down, went in, forgot him. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so here it is, the full unredacted. It is for charged with vandalizing a mosque, leaving a bag of bacon at the door. Wow. So, again, uh, within their religion, the Quran, again, uh, pork, oh, pork is very, pork, uh, yeah. yes. I, I
3: sure did think about that. it when I said it out loud, but I thought it was a He was it also charged poop. with a hate crime.
0: So, uh, the witches, you know, and also caught on camera. So, Nick, you yeah. kind of got with that. Uh, yeah. But uh, the, the house takes round number one there. I'll take Damn. that one. Boom. All right, so, but now we get into the ones that are actually worth uh, the big meat here. Potential three points on these ones. Florida man with a suspended license drives 100 miles an hour with blank to get his girlfriend to blank.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Oh, uh, yes. All right, let's start with the first redacted one here. Florida man with a suspended license drives 100 miles an hour with either only three wheels three kids in the back, or three pounds of cocaine to get wow. his girlfriend to, wild. to blank. Oh yeah, we're going three. It's okay. a lucky number today I guess for this Florida man, but again, he's driving on a suspended license. He's driving rather quickly, and he either has only three wheels on his car, three kids in the back, or okay. three pounds of cocaine in the car. First of all,
3: I don't even think it would be possible to go 100 miles an hour with three <laughs> wheels. So I, you I, don't even, I don't even think that's possible. So I'm ruling that one out. I, I have a sneaking suspicion what the headline is, and I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with the three kids.
0: Okay, so Nick's going to lock in... At uh, three kids. Derek, where are you going with this number one?
2: generator had me as number two. That was the three kids anyway. Okay. And I agree that the wheels just doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, the cocaine one, obviously. The cocaine one. You know. I mean, it could.
3: It, yeah. yeah,
0: possibility there. I'm, I'm okay. going to stick with the kids. Yeah. Are you going with kids? Yep. Okay. All right, so here it is again. Florida man with suspended license drives 100 miles an hour with either only three wheels on the car, three kids in the back, or three pounds of cocaine to get his girlfriend to either Walmart, work, or a Taco Bell interview. So, again, the three options of where he was trying to get his girlfriend to, work, Walmart, or a Taco Bell In my mind,
3: what I was thinking was that he was driving 100 miles an hour to get his girlfriend to the hospital to deliver another baby. That's what I thought it was. Oh. But that's not an option. Not quite quite that. So, now I'm I'm not so sure. (laughs) So, now I'm not so
2: sure. So, um, my numbers generator has number two, which is Walmart, which I feel... I feel comfortable about it because well, that's like, such why a stupid to, answer. <laughs> why would you need to go 100 miles an hour to get exactly, to Walmart? Exactly. That's the point. It's Florida Man Mad Lives. It's people that do stupid things for no I mean, apparent reason. Maybe they're I having mean, like a sale. They're having a sale and they're worried they were going to run out of it.
3: I literally can't think of any reason why you would need to go any faster than the speed limit uh-huh. to get to Walmart. Like why?
2: What's the purpose? Okay. I mean- even if this... Th- there is no reason for any of these things, you know? I, I don't think it's... There's one of them that I don't think it is. Which one's that? But I don't want to tell you because I don't want to eliminate it okay. for you. All right. Are you locking in with Walmart? I'll today? tell you after you pick.
0: I will okay. lock in with Walmart. Okay, so I Derek's think, going with I think Walmart.
2: I I'm going to go with Taco Bell interview. Nick's going to go with
3: because Taco Bell interview. think about it. She's running late for the Taco Bell interview. Now, what I don't fully understand is that why she wouldn't just drive herself. Maybe there's like... They you could only have, have one car, car. Mm-hmm. but like Drop again, the like kids off after. Yeah,
2: yeah, maybe. I don't know, but I'm gonna go with the Taco Bell interview. All so right. that's the one that I don't think it is from right. a headline perspective. Back to these, I actually have a little clue here. <laughs> I don't think in the headline with limited words they would have said Taco Bell interview. I think they would have just said job interview. No, because they're not sponsored by Taco Taco Bell. Yeah, well, but, the that, station but that that makes
3: Santa. it more that adds to the story. Does it? Yes. It's
2: just a job interview. It's by, by the way, if you're
3: going for a job interview to like a regular job then it's like what do oh, so you think people who
2: work at taco bell don't have
0: regular jobs <laughs> what are you trying to say <laughs> calling them out yeah all right here it is full really unredacted full unredacted and again you could you're you are welcome to look these up at home and uh here right now for you derek if you'd like because truly florida man with suspended license drives 100 miles an hour with three kids in the back to get his girlfriend to a taco bell wow. let's go no joke let's go no joke nick Bang. coming away well, with all I'd like say is that headline writer should be fired. So. <laughs>
1: Clutch gene. It
0: is, uh, it is ridiculous. Three points coming away there with Nick. So 3-0 after the first round Built there. Different. So uh, here we go. Let's get to this one. This one's a funny one. Florida woman, actually, uh, getting the ladies involved. You'll love that. Uh, pulls blank out of her blank when the <laughs> deputy asked, do you have anything else? So the deputy was asking, do you have anything else on you? And a Florida woman pulls blank out of her blank. So we'll start with what she pulled out. It's uh, either a chisel, an alligator, or nunchucks. <laughs> so, um, mm. yeah, we've got the classic alligator in there. You know, got to throw that one in there for Florida. But <laughs> is that is that you know too obvious or what? You know, sometimes no, I, I like well, throwing you. It where off. Would, could be an I alligator because like it, how you don't know what the second
2: part is she's pulling out of. It can pull <laughs> oh, out of the trunk <laughs> of the car. You know, I I mean I I guess but like, pull out of the back seat. Yeah, if you, well, if you're I the, mean, the you're cop, you would just see the alligator in the back seat. Well, then the trunk. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I got number generated number one, so that's chisel.
0: Chis- oh boy. Okay. Should so we can yeah, the chisel it.
2: one. I
3: don't. I I don't really. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what the angle on the chisel would be. Like, why? Why? Like, who just carries around a chisel?
0: That is pretty strange.
3: Literally, like, what's the purpose of that? I mean, you could. Uh, I you mean, could, I guess you could say the same for having an alligator. Why? Who carries around an alligator? But I mean, it's Florida. Maybe that's normal. Oh, and then what was the third option?
0: Uh, nunchucks.
3: I think nunchucks is the one I want to go with because it's like, it's just so stupid. Like, like what?
0: I'm going with nunchucks. All right. Again, Florida woman pulls either a chisel, alligator or nunchucks out of her blank when the deputy asked, do you have anything else? And she either pulled it out of her backside, her shoes or her pants. So, kind of uh, now, again, not a vehicle. Not I definitely a, feel good about not taking a Not a car. Not <laughs> yeah, anything exactly like that. I mean, how are you going to there's, there's different like, sized alligators. There's classic like pocket that. alligator. Yeah, um, I mean, there's small how? ones or baby in your ones. Shoe? What? No. There's baby ones and small. That can fit in your shoe? Or, <laughs> your, or, oh, your, I mean,
2: or your backside, as you said?
0: Yeah, well, hey. They, you, they get creative down there in Florida. Can you cre- uh, repeat <laughs> the second answer? <laughs> the, uh, shoe is the second answer, and pants is the final answer. Okay,
2: so shoe is the answer I'm going with. That so it's was
3: pants. Number two on the backside
0: or shoes? Uh,
2: backside shoe
0: pants were the three.
3: I think I'm just gonna go with pants. I'm like I don't understand why you would have numbchucks in your shoe, and I I really I don't, even don't know understand. how that would happen. I really don't understand why you'd have them in your backside.
0: Well, I guess you could kind of like. You know, just put put them back there, but...
2: Yeah, I mean... (laughs) I
0: mean... You can kind of... I'm uh, going with pants. All right, so you're locking in with pants here. Florida woman pulls uh, either, again, chisel, alligator, and nunchucks out of her either backside, shoe, or pants. Here it is, full unredacted, as you guys have both locked in. Florida woman pulls an alligator out of her pants. When the deputy asked, do you have anything else? It actually was a baby alligator. I don't know if she was breeding alligators or doing something like that. <laughs> but uh, she was being <laughs> searched. And uh, when she was asked, do you have anything else? Yes, she did. Okay. Yes, she did. Let's circle back to this. My question is,
3: if you're the officer, how do you not like see a living thing
2: in this
3: woman's pants?
0: It, I don't know. I mean, I mean again,
3: how
2: do you conceal an alligator? Uh, questions. What type of pants was she wearing? You know? It can't be jeans, um, cargo like pants, pants, or something. Or, yeah, like I'd a real baggy bag sweatpants yeah. or
3: something.
0: Or I, I don't know, notice. got creative. Well, well but like jeans, where, though. like what? I, I I have so many questions. I don't even know where yeah. to begin. All right, here we go. So this was uh, this one's kind of funny, uh, and we get to step away from the state of Florida here, gentlemen. Final one, Nick. You're actually up four to zero here. So mm. I don't. Wait, you got think both sucks. right that time? Uh, no, no I got, got both one. right the other time. Yeah, he I got both right at number rate. one, so it does look like Nick stepping yeah. away. But uh, you do have an opportunity if you get all three all right, right right But now, you don't get any of these right, then you go can tie up double or nothing. This last one are you are you throwing down a wager right here? Sure. Let's go. Okay. okay. Double okay. double points. Okay. Nothing double to points for this last one. Throw thrown all down on a the wager. computer. Okay. A Louisiana man. So we're gonna step a little bit west uh, down there in the Bayou. Arrested after soliciting blank while covered in blank. So, uh, let me just preface that, uh, yeah, preface this. He was highly intoxicated., uh, this Louisiana man was arrested after soliciting either empty bottles, copper pipes, or number two pencils while covered in blank. So he's just going around the neighborhood. I mean, the bottles makes no sense. I got number generator two, which is the
2: copper pipes,
3: yeah, it?
0: which is uh certainly See,
2: I think you but you can sell those for
3: money. So that's yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Those. So sure. he why but okay why would he solicit empty bottles? You can sell those too for like quarters at at a time. I mean it's it's. I mean chump he could change, be like a homeless man. I don't yeah, know. it's chump change, and but you can still get value. What I don't with the
3: pencils one like is he? I don't know if you can answer the same. Is he searching for just one pencil or is he just going around getting as many pencils as
0: possible? <laughs> uh, he is soliciting these items. So he is actually going is door to door trying he to just sell these for, items. Oh, okay. okay. He, yeah, so he has the items and he's going around trying to sell them. <laughs> yeah,
2: so
3: if he okay.
0: he's trying to sell them to other people, correct. Yes. Oh. So he's going he door to door, 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 door in these, these neighborhoods. Yeah.
3: yeah. Okay, so he's not asking for the items. He no, has the items. He is, and he's he is to
0: currently them. the salesman, yes. Covered okay. in, in, in in an item.
3: I'm gonna go with copper pipes.
0: So Okay, so Nick's locking in copper pipes. Your generator was two, which yep. would have been copper pipes as well. So you're both locking in at two there. So Louisiana man arrested after soliciting either, again, empty bottles, copper pipes, or number two pencils while covered in either paint, peanut butter, or grease. <laughs> well, we had grease up deaf Guy last week. Right. Well, I don't and know again, maybe he's um, messing around the, with those pipes or something the like that. Butter, to...
3: Yeah, see, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like he was really.
2: <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know what.
3: Again, highly intoxicated. I something happened with there. What, what
2: happened? To you? I just don't know. This <laughs> makes no sense to me. Uh, I just got number generator too, so we're just gonna go with that again. You're peanut gonna butter? go with peanut that. butter, no, no, dude.
3: I don't know. So
0: <laughs> peanut butter, it is. Well, okay. Yeah, the,
2: okay. I know it's not peanut butter, but it's I, just like.
3: Okay, hear me out here. You know how like you can do like. People cover themselves in mud for like sunscreen purposes. Mm-hmm. What if he like didn't? What if he thought that the peanut butter would do that? It's uh. a hot day in Louisiana. He's trying to protect his skin, <laughs> what? and he just didn't have any butter or anything, and he just went with peanut butter.
0: And well, and again, so wait, wait. What
3: are the other options? Uh, paint, peanut butter, or grease. Okay, so because I picked the copper wires or copper pipes. Pipes. Yeah. In my mind, it's like he was hammered and he went somewhere and stole the pipes, the mm. copper pipes, I was and, and then now he's trying to sell it. them. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Which leads me to believe that he must have gone to like some kind of either like industrial like yard place to get that, or you know something like that. So I'm leaning towards paint,
0: like sell on him or something like that. Yeah,
3: because with the grease one, like I'm just not really quite sure what, how that would
0: occur. I'm going to go with paint. All right, so paint. Nick's locking in with paint. Here is the full, unredacted... peanut butter, I'm going to flip out. Debatably, the most, ridi- actually, maybe last week was one of the most ridiculous, like the, the greased up deaf guy, which we were talking about, but uh, this one might be the most ridiculous. Louisiana, Louisiana man arrested after soliciting number two pencils oh. while covered in peanut butter.
1: <laughs> so, Derek, double points. Points. Yeah, so you That's
0: do bang, come you away with a, with a double banger there. So, you got one, so, so that, is that two, two, two. points? So I lost four. So two two points two. there. I
3: didn't think it would be possible for me to have more questions after the last headline. <laughs> I have infinitely more questions. Again, I, and I think did, actually, was, I don't read think, it. Did you read all? the story? Uh, did, I did.
0: There was a little bit of context, and I think it was more along the lines of hallucinogenic drugs. Um, he just didn't so have any idea it was like, like sunscreen. I was think, yeah, there was, there was a So a, I was right then. Yeah, Could I think there of. was, there was more along the lines of uh not like drunk kind of hammer. More like, uh, yeah, he, he, he on was, a higher plane. He, he was on a, he was in a different world kind of context. Yeah, exactly. Now, the number two pencil. I can't even find it. <laughs> um, uh, what site was it? It was um, it was a news. Derek's got his laptop, which is cheating, by the way. But all Did out, you find right? the one with the uh, suspended license guy and the Taco Bell I interview? Find it. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, Taco I it. Look up the Taco Bell interview one, because that one, I know you uh, you got to fire the writer. The, uh, I do the writer, have uh, that. one
2: from Fox 5 Atlanta from a month ago. Man covers parents' kitchen with peanut butter.
0: Oh, my Lord. <laughs> <Isn't
1: that funny? laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know.
2: Lots of questions there. I do have the one for uh, you.
0: All right. All right. For the house. Let's see. Right. Let's see. A
2: food tech startup has created a blank from the blank's DNA some 4,000 years after it went extinct. Okay, you got it? Okay. So a food tech startup has created a blank from the blank's DNA some 4,000 years after it went extinct. All right, options for the first one. A food tech startup has created a cyborg, a real-life embryo, or a meatball. From the blank's DNA some 4,000 years after it went extinct.
0: Mm. I mean, a cyborg just... You kind of have to throw that one out the window, don't you? I mean... I'm asking 4,000 years after it went extinct. Wait, what are the (laughs) options? A food tech startup has created
2: a blank from the blank's DNA some 4,000 years after it went extinct. A food tech startup has created a cyborg, a real-life embryo, or a meatball. From the blank's DNA some 4,000 years after it went extinct.
0: I feel like i am got to go cyborg then. I'm
3: going meatball. You're going to go meatball? Yes. I'll I'll, I'll explain it to you once we hear the rest of it because I'm pretty
0: confident actually that I think it's meatball. Cyborg doesn't make
3: any sense. It, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't. I mean, but at the same is, is, time, like, you
0: could you could also argue that they found a way to create you know a cybernetic version. Of yeah, it. a cybernetic version of. Oh, okay. Of, okay. Yeah, okay. It's not Yeah. Okay. robot. Sure. Fine. robot yeah. part. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So Fine. Fine. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that then. I'll, I'll go. Cyber? Cyber. I'm gonna go weird. Then. I'm very confident in meatball. Okay. okay. One meatball. of you two is right. A food
2: tech startup has created a blank from the blank's DNA, some four thousand years after it went extinct. Saber tooth tiger, woolly mammoth. Or dodo bird.
1: Um,
0: hmm.
3: All right, I think it's woolly mammoth. Here's I, my here's my theory. My theory is they recreated like the woolly mammoth meat and put it in a
0: meatball. Oh that's actually <laughs> that's my the, the woolly meatball, yeah, for sale at your local. <laughs> uh, there, yeah. um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, mm. I just because I like the like the animal the saber tooth. I'm gonna go with the saber tooth.
2: Okay, the correct answer. A food tech startup has created a meatball Dang from it. the woolly mammoth's DNA. Dude, let's go!
0: years after wasted. Oh, what is that? Yeah. Different a woolly Woo. mammoth meatball. <laughs> Woo!
2: Try that at your next. Dude, I was restaurant. so
0: confident. I knew it immediately.
3: <laughs> I was it. like, dude. They made a meatball out of some ancient animal meat. See, I heard tech. You were like food
0: tech, do. food tech kind of thing. Like, and let's I, spend I just... millions of dollars creating
2: <laughs> woolly mammoth DNA. Meatball. and And let's make a meatball out of it. Unbelievable. <laughs> All, All right, right. That's Florida Man Mad Libs. Thanks, Sam. Yeah. Thanks for including me in your fun. We'll see you next week. All right. He's Sam Speck with Nick Springer, Derek Johnson. That'll do it for this edition of RCST. Check out anything you missed on the Best of RCST podcast. KU Baseball, next. This is KLWN, depending on it. Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST
3: podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN in Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at klwn.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.